0: Frontier Missions Journal Stories of Hope for the Unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions Hello Mission Friends. Today we have two stories for you narrated by Midori and Jason Sligar. The first is called Our Pet Wallaby
1: and the second is titled Our Neighbor Apoma."
0: Hi, my name is Jason.
1: And I'm Midori Sliger.
0: And uh, we serve in, as missionaries in the Gogodala Project. In 2019, we felt God calling us out of pastoral work and into mission work. And in 2021, we finally were able to launch uh, to the mission field. And we have been serving the Gogodala people ever since then.
1: My story is titled, Our Pet Wallaby. In our village, in the Gogodala tribe, In Papua New Guinea I never know what I'm going to find when I answer a knock at the door one day a few weeks ago I was cleaning the kitchen and I heard the knock I went out to the porch and I saw a huge crowd of kids maybe 10 or well 10 or 15 kids and in the middle of the crowd was a little boy holding a young wallaby wallabies are kind of a relative of the kang- a kangaroo. So they're like miniature kangaroos. They look like baby kangaroos. They're really cute and they eat grass and they're very shy and, and sweet little animals. So I guess this little boy probably had gotten the mother of this young wallaby to eat and then they thought they could get some money for the baby wallaby. I looked at this little... And I thought, oh dear, I really don't need a wallaby in my life right now. But I felt sorry for him because he looked really scared. And my kids have been asking me for a wallaby. So I said, okay, how much? The little boy said, 150 kina. That's our money here in PNG. That's $40 in the in US money. Well no, that would that would be too much money. I don't have money in my budget for forty dollars for a wallaby. So I said no, sorry. And then his little his little friends whispered in his ear and he said, Okay, forty kina. Well that's about ten dollars. Ah well that was a harder decision. This little guy was so nervous, and I thought, if I don't buy him Those village kids, they might treat him unkindly or they might eat him. So I said, okay, I'll buy him for 40 kina. Wallabies eat grass and leaves and they usually just hop around in the bushes and in the grass and they like to hide. And they don't really bite unless they get really scared and they think you're going to grab them or something. So he was pretty afraid when we brought him inside our house. Well, the kids went outside and some of the local kids showed our children which grasses he would like to eat and some leaves. And we were holding him in the, in the house and we each took turns holding him on our laps. And then he, he went and he hid under Verity's dress and he was very quiet and, and hiding there. And then Jason said, let's let him run around. So we let him go in the living room and he just went hippity hop, hippity hop, so cute. And then he dove under the couch. Well, unfortunately, we had not swept under that corner of the couch for a while. So when we pulled him out, he was covered with dust and dust bunnies. And then we brushed those off his head and then he hopped behind the refrigerator. And then he ran into the back of the pantry behind the buckets where we store our food. And all the time, everywhere he went, he left little pellet droppings on the floor. (laughs) So we, that was fun. And then it was time to go to bed. So I found a little kid's tank top in my giveaway box. And I sewed the bottom of the tank top closed. And that made a little pouch for him to sleep in. And then we put a broom handle through the the kind of the armholes of the tank top. And we hung him in his little bag on the couple of chair seats so that he could get some sleep and we could get some sleep that night. Well, he didn't make any sound all night long. He didn't come out of his little pouch, and in the morning we He was still sleeping there. We went to check on him and his little eyes were peeping up at us, little black beady eyes. And so we thought we're going to make a little harness for him so we can take him on a walk. We looked on the computer and we found out how to make a harness for a wallaby. And we took him outside for a walk so that he could eat the grasses that he wanted to eat. But then when we tried to take him away, he took his little, his little tiny hands and he was grabbing onto the grasses, trying with all his might to stay out in the garden, in the grasses. And he was so afraid that we thought, oh dear, he really needs to go and live in the bush. He needs to go back to his home where he would be happier. And so we asked our friend to take him back to the bush. So it was a big treat to see one of God's special creatures up close. That's one of the blessings of living life out here in the mission field. For our second story, Jason will recall an interaction with one of his neighbors named Apoma.
0: He met Apoma in Papua New Guinea, where he serves as a missionary with the Gogodala Project. Shortly after arriving in Papua New Guinea, I was introduced to Apoma. He lives right next door to our mission property and frequently walks through as he goes about doing whatever he does during the day. I was told that Apoma has got a bit of a reputation for being a rascal. He's a bit of an entrepreneur known for making the local homebrew or what we would call alcohol and selling it to the people in the village. He also is somebody who uh, brings drugs into the area uh, to sell to the Gogodala people as well. And he served some time in jail because of some of these activities. But he's been nothing but friendly to us. Anytime we've ever um, talked with him or met with him, he just seems to be a very friendly guy, happy to talk to us, and very open in his discussion. Well, shortly after I arrived, I was talking to a poma, and I heard that he was making a gawa, or a canoe. Uh, He was carving a canoe out not too far from his house, and I told him I'd like to see what it was like. So about a day or two later, I walked down to the river's edge to see if he was down there working on his canoe. And there was nobody there. And I was a bit bummed because I had some extra time, and I thought I might be able to connect with him again. And as I was walking down this little path down to the river, I saw someone shoot up a coconut tree uh, right next to the path. And as I looked up the tree, it was a poma. And uh, I stood there watching him knock down different coconuts. And as he as he came down, I helped him gather all of his coconuts together into a pile. And we sat there and chatted for a little while. And he opened up one of the coconuts and gave it to me to drink. And then he said, "Let's go down and I'll show you the Gawa." And so we walked down to the river's edge, and um, walked through the water a little ways. And there was this huge log floating in the water that he was working on carving out as a canoe. And I just had a great time standing there talking with him and learning more about the process of making a canoe and uh, trying to develop more of a friendship with him. After that meeting, my wife and I, Midori and I, we felt like we really needed to start praying for this family. And so we started every night in our prayer time, we would pray for Poma and his family that God would arrest his heart and uh, that he would be one into the church one day. Over the next year or so, I would see Apoma from time to time and we would stop and talk to each other and just kind of get caught up on what's going on. And, but nothing really seemed to be happening. And then one day, one Sabbath, I had announced or it was announced at church that there would be uh, some prophecy meetings in the next village over that I would be giving. And Apoma's wife was there at church that Sabbath morning. She oftentimes comes to church with her kids, she's pretty faithful on her attendance, and she heard the announcement and went home and told Apoma Poma about it. So the next day, Sunday morning, I was getting some fuel out of the fuel shed for somebody and a Poma came down and we started talking to each other and he asked me, he said, I would like to get a Bible and a hymnal, can I, can I have one? we don't oftentimes give these things, Bibles, away to just anybody. We like to make sure that there's at least some level of interest there. But we have been praying for a Poma every day for over a year by this time. And I felt like maybe the Lord was doing something in his life. And so I said, sure, I'd be happy to give you a Bible. I'd be happy to give you a hymnal. Let me go into the house and get one. So I went into the house. I got a Poma, his Bible and and hymnal, and I came out. And he said, my wife told me that yesterday you made an announcement that there would be some Bible meetings going on in the next village over. And he said, we're going to come. My whole family is going to come. We're going to pack our stuff up in the canoe. We're going to paddle over there. And we're going to spend the four days coming to the meetings. I was shocked. Uh, I learned from our teammates, uh, Steve and Lori, that Apoma has never come to church. He's never come to any religious meetings. Uh, he's really hasn't shown any spiritual interest in anything, even though the church is like, one-minute walk from his house, he's never come there on a Sabbath morning. And so now he was telling us that he wanted to come to these Bible prophecy meetings that we would be holding, that I was going to be preaching in the next village over. I was overjoyed. I went into the house, and I couldn't wait to tell Midori that Apoma said he wanted to come to the meetings. Well, we began to pray. We prayed that that nothing would would keep him from being able to come. Um, as I said, you know, he makes alcohol and sells it and sells drugs, and so uh, anything could have come up to keep him from coming to the meetings. But the day came that we we went over, we went over to the next village, and the first night there, we we started the meetings, and a poem and his family were there, and I was just so happy that the Lord was beginning to answer this prayer that we've been praying for Apoma and his family. And he came, um, I think he came just about every night. He may have missed one of the meetings, but he came pretty faithfully uh, to the meetings and listened to the presentation of God's word. And on Sabbath morning, I preached on the Remnant Church. And as I finished the presentation, I gave an appeal for the group there who had been coming to the bible Coffee seminar and been studying the bible with local adventists i gave an appeal for those of them that would like to join the adventist church to stand and i couldn't believe it that in the back of the church on the men's side that apoma stood up and i don't i don't really know if he completely understands what the decision is that he's trying that he made or what it was that he was responding to but i do believe i'm firmly convicted that the Holy Spirit is working in the life of Apoma as he responded to the Spirit's call in his life. This just happened a couple of weeks ago. And so it's early in Apoma's spiritual journey. Spiritual forces are strong and the devil is not going to let go of him easily. He's one of his foot soldiers. But I believe that God's Spirit is starting to move in Apoma's heart as he is beginning to turn his attention towards spiritual things and i just want to ask that our afm family who listens to these podcasts would pray for homa he has a reputation in the village and pretty much throughout the tribe as a rascal somebody that you buy drugs from somebody that you buy alcohol from and we feel like if god could change his heart and bring conversion into his life and that If Apoma could become a foot soldier for Jesus, what a powerful testimony that would be to the people in the village uh, of the power of God to be able to change the lives of his children. And so if you would pray for Apoma, if you'd pray for his family, pray for his children, that he would turn his heart over to Jesus and uh, give his heart completely over to him. Please pray that Apoma would surrender his heart to Jesus and that his life can become a living testimony of the power of God to change the lives of his children. Amen. Thank you, Jason and Midori, for sharing your story with us. And thank you to all
1: our listeners joining us here at Frontier Missions Journal. God bless.